Incoming transmission. Klingon word of the day is sick. Uh, Gary, uh, do you think you could use that in a sentence? Uh, sure, Todd. Um, I'm sick of watching Enterprise. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beam me up. Resistance is futile. Live long and prosper. Only go where no man has gone before. Greetings and welcome to the Computer Resume Podcast, a show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian, Mr. Todd A. Davis. Well, folks, we started this show with him. It's only fitting that he help us close out Enterprise, living his best life with the National Wrestling Alliance. It's Gary Horn! Yeah! Yeah! Gary! (laughs) How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm so good. I'm uh, excited to be here. Excited to be back. Excited yeah. that we're wrapping up this show. Yes. Uh, no, I sound I sound mean, and uh, I think as we get into it, I'll 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 tone that down a little bit. Like, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it's uh, you know, this show, like any other show in the franchise, like any other show, period, is definitely not without its rough spots. But here at the end of Enterprise, to go ahead and kind of show my hand a little bit, I, I really dig it. It's it had a it had a lot of potential. I don't think it got to you know exactly meet that potential and it ended shall we say on a kind of a flat note um but as a whole i think it did really well i think it was a it's a really interesting unique chapter in the franchise well the episodes we're covering for sure definitely feel like the end to the series if you're Mm. gonna have an end to the series It, it really does feel like maybe it was from that time period from before uh you had shows knowing well in advance that they were going to be ending or something or maybe it was a surprise for enterprise i honestly don't know i did not have a chance to really look at that but um you know it does feel like it could have had a bigger ending i guess but uh but as far as you know you're putting together the uh united federation of planets it's not that not that bad to to, to wrap it up on yeah because i mean from what we've got going on uh in the franchise as we know it it's kind of like oh it got really bad there was world war three and then the federation just happened like it just from from out of nowhere (laughs) right (laughs) um but yeah i think some of the shows is like you mentioned more recently they kind of go into it knowing hey we're going to be running for five seasons we're going to be running for six seasons we're doing 12 to 15 episodes a season and we're going to knock this out and 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 that'll be it that's all she wrote and everybody's on to the next project but like around this time it wasn't such a set thing it's it's a weird thing with star trek like because it's not like the original series was you know season long arcs or anything like that right Uh, but people might have gotten used to as it was like as next gen started carrying on, they started getting a little bolder with carrying out storylines and the mm-hmm. deep space. And I had had like an overarching story. And of course, Voyager, obviously its whole show run was an overarching story. And, yeah, pretty much. And, uh, but so this one, it's, uh, it's interesting. Cause it does, you know, it, it has a lot of these random episodes in the middle. And, uh, I actually was looking up stuff to, to, as I was going through it to like, uh, try to, try to find out like what what are the essential episodes like what do i have to watch and and that sort of thing because i wasn't gonna get all 20 something of each season in right and uh <laughs> we're all very busy i get it and uh and as much as a star trek nerd as i am you know it's just you know in the time frame of getting to the end of this show with you uh i was like all right i, I gotta just gotta get the important stuff and uh Anyway, uh, somewhere along the way, I will say this, in those essential episodes, I think it was from Wired.com is where I was really kind of bouncing off of, uh, mostly because they narrowed it down to like each season. They had like four episodes that they were like, watch these four episodes. Like, you have to watch these. And uh, so I did that. And and of course, this this these two were in that list. And 
And I think actually in season four, they had uh, several because there was this, there was the mirror prime universe or the mirror or yeah, whatever it's called. Yeah. And the, uh, and then uh, there was the other part with uh, Data's daddy in there. Yeah. And, uh, so they had that stuff. So anyway, uh, I feel like I'm rambling. But my point is, is that they had some more longer arcs in this story or this season. And then along the way, in those essential episodes, whoever put that together, uh, I watched those. And by the end of the show, I was like, well, now I like these people. And yeah. Damn it. Now I should go back and watch all these. Like I, <laughs> I won't, I will, I'm kind of going to miss them and uh, I should go back. It's... Yeah. It, you know, with, uh, with Berman and Braga handing over show running duties to Manny Cotto at the end of season three, it was just kind of like, all right, we finished the big, long, the big, long story arc, the Zindi war. All right, here you go. <laughs> I guess we're done. So here, have at it. And he took, you know, Manny Cotto hats off to him. He was like, you know what? We've done a lot of exploration and introducing, you know, some, some key character figures, uh, you know, or I should say some key figures in the franchise. Uh, but we haven't done a lot to really connect this show to the rest of the franchise as a whole. And I think that's where you get story arcs like uh, the one with Dr. Sung that addresses the augments, which of course ties into space seed, which leads to wrath of Khan, blah, blah, blah. And then you've got, you know, even a little bit after that, that ties into another two-parter uh, affliction and divergence, I believe where you see the Klingons using the augment DNA to try to eradicate this virus, but that's where they end up losing their forehead ridges, which yeah. kind of, answers some questions about what was going on in the original series. Uh, although it's, it's a small, it's a small group of Klingons. It's not the entire species. So there when, you go. Yeah. So when, so when they appear the way they do in discovery, it's kind of like, Oh, these were part of the ones that weren't part of the thing. Okay. I got it. I got it. So they actually did wrap, you know, Manny Cotto really did his, you know, his level best to try to say, okay, what, what questions need to be answered? If we've got 22 episodes to get from here to there, <laughs> you know, because it's a long road, but honestly, 22 episodes is not that long <laughs> to, to wrap up a lot of questions in a 50 year old franchise. Uh, you know, what, what do we need to hit? What are some of the, what are the big ones? What are some of the ones that are kind of weighing on people's minds and and all of that and uh you know there's a lot of fan service to be sure uh but i think what they were really trying to do was really just trying to solidify it instead of it being this outlier series really connect it to the franchise as a whole um but before we get all into that i wanted to ask you gary um how have things been going with the NWA? Like I normally start off the conversation with like, oh, yeah, how are you doing? How are things going in your life? And then we get into Star Trek. But you know what? This is a special episode, Gary. So I want to know how are things going uh, with your with your other nine to five? You've you've got a couple nine to fives. But... <laughs> I do. And uh, so I don't sleep. Anymore. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, no, they're going good. Uh, the NWA is the exciting one. And that's, uh, of course, the National Wrestling Alliance, along with uh, Mr. William Patrick Corgan. And uh, yeah. and uh, it's been getting busier for me, I think, because, I mean, he's he just had or he has another uh, 33 song rock opera coming out. So he's touring <laughs> and doing his thing now. His tour is about to start. So he's very busy. And uh so now just to just to kind of clarify what it is you're doing with the company from what i understand it's a lot of the social media side and also some on-camera interviews a am i am i boiling it down i mean i, yeah. I know i understand that there's going to be some stuff you can't talk about <laughs> well no but, i mean it's it's uh, nothing like that i mean just it just uh yeah it's it's whatever they need me to do essentially like uh we've got a small team so you know unlike a lot of other wrestling companies right now i mean our our team is is like a handful of people we all know each other and work with each other really well and i think that that's Finally, I, I, I like to think that that's where he wanted it to be or got it to that he felt comfortable, like going ahead. And he's like, all right, you guys make sure this thing keeps running. And, yeah. uh, and so, um, but yeah, it's the, which I think is kind of the goal for any business. You kind of want to get it to a point and go, 
okay, I've got these folks that I trust and we've got, you know, a decent amount of, uh, of, um, of resources available to us. And, uh, you know, things are in place. Some different procedures are in place where this thing can kind of go on its own. I don't have to be so hands-on and, you know, Mr. Corgan seems like, uh, a, a really creative guy <laughs> for starters, but also kind of a, a fan. He's a fan first, which is kind of why he got this is kind of what I've gathered from the different conversations. But yeah. I, and if, but I imagine if, taking over kind of forced him to sit in the driver's seat, whereas he would almost rather be a passenger. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that I would say like a passenger. He, he wants. Well, I mean, he wants to be the captain of the ship. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he expects like to have all of these other positions filled. Somebody's on comms. Somebody's you know steering the ship. Somebody's you know in communications or whatever. I already said that one. But you know you got your science officer and you, right. you know you got all these different people in these different spots. And so he wants to be able to rely that that they're all doing their job so that he doesn't have to. He he needs to have and the knowledge the umbrella amount of knowledge on all of it mm -hmm. but at the end of the day yeah when he's you know bringing it back down to earth if if he's if he's buying a wrestling company he's doing it because he's a fan and because he wants to be creative he's obviously an art artsy guy and he wants to be creative uh when you're handling all of the day-to-day -day, uh nuts and bolts of a thing you know, you don't get to enjoy as much of the creative side of it. So I think, yeah, what his goal is probably is to be like, I don't have to worry about every single detail of everything. I can get a team together that knows me well enough to know what I would think here. And then I can focus on putting together a show and, right, right. you know, like who should be fighting who, what should be happening here, you know, and that sort of thing. Yeah. And he can just kind of top level down, kind of dictate like, the direction basically yeah and i'm seeing you know uh first of all thank you so much for using an analogy of a starship to describe your other <laughs> nine to five that was really great right <laughs> if i were more professional i would have thought of that but uh yeah you uh you've been such a big influence uh to me if i can just say thank you for just a second here at the end of this uh, almost two year journey through enterprise, dude, thank you so much for the times that you've come on the help that you've offered, especially in the beginning, um, you know, and, you know, really kind of being that, uh, source of, Hey, been there, done that. I can see this is coming down the road for you. Here's some directions you may want to take and some Rick, some directions you may not want to take. Uh, yeah. but just thank you so much for, for doing all that. And, uh, I really hope that uh, you've enjoyed the times that you have been on the show. I know there was a there was a time where we entertained the idea of us doing this together and it didn't turn out that way. But I hope that you're happy with your appearances and your experience and what this show has kind of become uh, under a little bit of your tutelage because uh, oh. you, you, you and Justin, not to leave Justin out, Justin's offered a, an immense amount of help as well. Uh, but yeah, you guys both uh, and I'll, and I'll, uh, I'll give him an earful of this as well. Uh, when, uh, when that time comes, I don't want to let anything out of the bag just yet, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for everything that you've done for the show. And uh, I hope that you'll continue to do for the show. And uh, this is definitely not your last appearance for sure. If I have to drag you kicking and screaming to watch another thing of, of, uh, of Star Trek, it's, it's coming, man. <laughs> oh, no, Todd, I'm honored. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. Like, that means a lot that you even say that. I, I, I'm happy to be here. And yeah, I mean, I, I wish I wish I could talk about Star Trek all the time. But, you know, we, we've all got, you know, time uh is a, yeah. a constraint on all of us and so yeah. uh but no i'm i'm happy to be here and i love i love star trek so much that you know if if i could i would love to have a another show that was about star trek just like this you know yeah. no, but you're doing a great job and so it's great that you have it so that i can just come on and guest and i don't have to worry about all the nuts and bolts stuff of the show <laughs> i don't have to edit because you get detailed man you, you work hard on this show and so i hope people appreciate that like you you really put a lot into it and i'm i'm happy to see my friends succeeding and uh i hope we all 
get to live out our dreams like this. And sorry, my dog. All right. But no, you can't make this my last appearance. You can't make my only appearances just to be for freaking Enterprise. And I don't get to talk about any of the fun stuff. I want to talk about Khan. I want to talk about I want to talk about oh, yeah. the movies. I want to talk. Yeah, I want to. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, you're getting to Kirk. Kirk's my dude. You're getting, oh, yeah. you know, all this stuff. So there's exciting twists and turns coming with Discovery and all of that stuff. So, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to all of it. But you know what? Just before we move back into Enterprise, I do want to say a mutual friend of ours uh, and uh, former guest on Computer Resume podcast, Ren Marie Arrowood. Uh, she said something to me one time, uh, and it's always kind of stuck in the back of my head. It's like, look, if you want to be successful, then you might not get to do all the fun things you want to do all the time. It's a lot of hard work. And I, she's put in a lot of effort into her job with her tattooing and uh, the success that she's had uh, with uh, any shop she's worked for, but certainly her social media presence and establishing her client base and all of these things. And I remember, I remember this because at one point, I think it was before the show started, uh, I was having Picard watch parties. I think season one of Picard had just started. And there was a small handful of us that were getting together at the house to watch it. And uh, she couldn't make it one week. And I, I got on the horn to her and was, you know, giving her a little bit of grief for not being able to come out. But she, that's when she said, look, if you want to be successful, you might not always get to watch Star Trek with your friends. And I, I, that that made a special wrinkle in my brain and I've, I've never forgotten it. And, you know, every, it's cause it's causing me to have to, you know, Hey Todd, do you want to go to the movies? All right, let's pull out the calendar. Let's see what we got going on, you know, or, Hey, we're going to whatever convention do you want to go. Sorry. I got, I've got editing to do, or even, even stuff here in town where it's like, I'm working out and everybody, you know, at the karate school wants to, go out for a meal after, you know, a tournament or after a clinic or whatever it is. And I'm like, sorry, I got to go. I got, I got a show to run. <laughs> That's the other side of it, man. I yeah. mean, uh, Ren is, uh, and I haven't talked to Ren in forever, but uh, she's lovely. And uh, it's, but she's right. Because I mean, mm. the thing is, is like you, you know, we're not getting any younger. A time to hustle is now. Yep. And uh, you know, cause this is, you know, not, not to also sound like a downer, but I, I sort of look at it sometimes like, this is my last t- chance to, like, you know, I wish I'd have known now what I knew in my like early twenties, but I didn't. And, you know, everybody right. says that. And yeah. uh, so here we are. Yeah. And so uh, now you get to hustle and you get, try to get to make your dreams come true. And, and you, you, you know, knuckle down now. So you get to enjoy it later. That's, yeah. that's the hope. And I mean, even with wrestling, dude, like, I mean, I love wrestling, but I don't get to see all the wrestling now. Even the NWA, where I started the podcast at first, which it was just fun to make my friends watch wrestling with me and we get to talk about it. And it's cool to shoot the breeze about wrestling. But now, you know, I had to sacrifice a lot of that because I got in it and now I'm now I'm there. And I as an experience, I, you know, would have only dreamed of. And now I'm there and I have to accept that. I'm in it. And a lot of times I'm, I'm literally right where it's all happening. And I can't watch all of it because I have my job to do. I have my stuff I got to get done. And so a lot of times I don't even know what's happening on the show until I see it on TV sometimes, because I'm just (laughs) like, yeah, I was there, but now it's not about uh, sitting around and just watching it and talking about it. Now it's like being a part of the process and, and to, to learn and gain that experience and to work. You, you, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's fun in its own way, though. I think uh, Gary V. I don't know if you ever listened to Gary Vaynerchuk, but mm-hmm. uh, Gary V. is a guy I enjoy listening to, and a lot of people, you know, he he's got his lovers and his haters, but he uh, uh, one thing he's always talked about that I I truly believe is he says that like you've got to love the process, like that's that's the part to fall in love with. You can't be loving the end result because you don't know what that's going to be yet. Oh, you yeah. don't. You have to, for you to be happy, you have to be doing this because you love the whole art of doing it yep. and uh, just the whole thing that happens. And then everything else is, you know, just icing on the cake. And oh, yeah. so um, I do agree with that. And so I look at myself right now and I'm like, am I having fun doing this? Am I having fun that I get to go do these things and be a yeah. part of this thing? Then yeah, yeah, I do. And if it ends tomorrow, that's an experience that 10 years ago, I would have never thought I'd have. 
So, right. yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, to sort of pull the curtain back on what I've had going on this week, I was actually called to testify in a fairly prominent local case involving um, uh, I don't I'm not exactly sure what I can and can't say, but it's involving an officer's death. And, um, you know, I was called to testify and all the witnesses were there and then they had to sequester us, which basically means they had to move us out of the courtroom so we wouldn't be hearing what was going on. And we basically had to wait um, till we were actually called to go to the stand and be asked questions and testify in front of the the judge and the jury. Um, So my my subpoena that I received was for um, Monday morning understanding that it it covers the entire case so i have to be there the courthouse opens at 8 30 in the morning and we go home when the judge says okay we're done for the day so i went and sat there monday morning thinking oh i my involvement in this case is very minimal i'll probably be on the stand for 10 maybe 15 minutes tops i'll be i'll be done before lunch and monday came and went and tuesday came and went and it came time oh, for when I was, and I was like, you've got to be kidding. And I, I have other things going on outside of the show. Like I had doctor's appointments and I had things to do for my wife and things to do for my dog and things to do for the house. Like <laughs> I had, I had stuff to do and it's piling up because, because of this case. And it was, I was sitting there going, God, I wish I was editing. I wish I was scheduling. And that's part of the stuff. That's like a lot of people see the end product with, with podcasting, with wrestling. They don't see, oh, for every hour that you record, double it for editing minimum. Yeah. For wrestling, a lot of people see what hits what hits the screen. They don't see the cities, the hours, the workouts, the injuries, the all the other stuff that comes along with it. And I was just talking about wrestlers just then. Not to mention the TV production crew who goes through writing and planning and editing and, you know, uh, camera beats and sound, all of that stuff. Like there's so much involved in these things. And if you really want to be a part of it, just like you said, hearing from Gary V, you absolutely have to fall in love with the process. Hands down. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Because if you're just in love with recording, go ahead, record, hire an editor then. You know, well, yeah. I don't have any money. Well, then I guess you're going to have to do it yourself. <laughs> have to start loving the other thing, unless you're like born Howard Stern or what. And and not to even knock Howard Stern. Howard Stern busted his ass working his way up yeah. as well. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's somewhere we'll both get someday. We get to just do the fun parts. Yeah, but, yeah. I'm um, waiting. I'm waiting for Will for Will Wheaton to retire and say, you know what? I've been following this guy for a while. I'm going to leave. The ready room uh, after show discussions. This podcaster from Greenville, South Carolina. <laughs> and, uh, hey know, man, I'll tell maybe. you what. Like I, you know, even to give him all the credit in the world, uh, and then not to just keep. I feel like I'm name dropping every time I say it. So so it's weird. But like with Billy Corgan, like nobody works harder than that dude. Yeah, that dude is running around. That yeah. dude has somebody after him every freaking second of the day like somebody is trying to talk to him about something yeah and and it's like somehow that guy shows up in nashville to record three days of tv and then is back writing music and and i've and i've talked to him about that and you know just been like how do how do you find the time and you know his his only thing was is he's like if you're honest with yourself you'll figure it out and i was like well what do you mean like Exactly. And he was like, well, most of the time I find that people say I don't have time to get done what I want to get done or be creative. He's like, if you get them to be honest, he's like, you know, like, well, what were you doing here? And they were like, well, I had this. And he was like, the first thing you listen for is how many excuses they have Mm. for why they didn't get something done. Right. And uh, he's like, that's that's the first thing. He's like, I have a very rigid schedule. He's like, I have family time that is like do not bother me in this time frame. Yeah. And he's like, and then I have like my 10 a.m. It starts and it goes till this time. Yep. And, you know, and each one of those hours is planned. And he's like, he's, this is my schedule. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the second version of the schedule. It's not done yet. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. It, it just, uh, but at the same time, I'm like, 
man, I kind of want to do that. Like I kind of, like I, I've been just coasting through on doing a lot of things. I don't know. I don't know why this Star Trek podcast turned into this live discussion, but hey, I, <laughs> we've had, we've had some really great discussions, Gary, over the, over the course of your appearances on this podcast alone, uh, not to mention stuff folks don't see and don't hear, but yeah, yeah. I, I think that, uh, it, it is important. I remember, I remember working a job one time and it was just, it, it it was a job. It was, it was a paycheck. It was a means to an end, but it was a sales type job. And I remember the person that I was working under at the time said, think of how hard you've worked at jobs you don't like and jobs where you're at jobs, where you're working under somebody else. Now, imagine if you worked that hard at the thing you love, not harder, just as hard. Imagine if All you right. applied that kind of energy to the thing you're really passionate about. If you can do just that, your world will change because you'll see you'll start to see the fruits of your labor and it won't feel like labor. <laughs> you'll yeah. just you're you're just working it. This is part of that this is you know the tedious thing, the editing, you know, is uh you know one of the things most podcasters can't stand, but it is necessary. You can you can sit and record and then load that MP3 right up to the internet, and it is what it is. Or you can take a few minutes and find some music and find some sound effects, cut a few things here and there, and you've got a really nice polished show. Now you've got not only a show and a piece of entertainment, you've got a product. You've got a product that you can sell, and you can start making money. It's it's out there if you want to. I'm, I'm not the first. Neither is Gary. No, no. <laughs> there are people who are doing this. There are people doing this even better than we are. <laughs> well, I don't know if you watched that video. I said to you and Justin, the group chat the other day where the guy was talking about, um, he said, you know, yeah. most podcasts hit 20. They, they, that's about as many episodes as they get. Yeah. So when you get past that number, you're already in like the top 1% of podcasters. Oh, yeah. Well, don't, <laughs> don't, don't just hit that point. He started by saying most podcasters don't make it to episode three. Right. right. And if, and the minuscule amount that make it past episode three don't make it past episode 20. Because people discount how much work it is. And yeah. and it is tough. You're talking about like putting in the effort to like your regular job. And the really tough part is at first, especially um, you're, able to jump yeah, you're not. You, it's not that you can just give up your regular job. Right. Like you're going to have to do both. You're going to have to figure it out. You're going to yep. have to. And that's why you have to love the process and you have to. You know, but the thing is, is like, it's about also taking control of your life. Somebody's going to control your time. Somebody is. Yep. And so who's it going to be? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so you you can be a part of that discussion or you can just let it happen. And yeah. I, I've been in both situations now. And yeah. so, but it's a little bit better once you've got an idea. And, and it sucks sometimes, like you talked about, to say no to things or not do certain things, but also in a sense, like it kind of feels good to be like, I can't do this because I'm progressing in another thing and I've got to do that. Yeah. And, you know, you, it is a balancing act because you, you, you obviously, you don't want to lose track of your friends. You don't want to, right. You know, you, you want to give your family enough time. You want to, mm -hmm. and so there, we're, there's we're a lot both, that goes We're both into married. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I can't yeah. do this full time, but it's, or, you know, like 24 seven, I mean, but, uh, you know, but, but it's, it's, it's fun to figure it out, I think. And, uh, and yeah. so, and I still, even now don't get done half as much of, I don't get half the ideas I have done. <laughs> and so yeah, it's uh, right there with you, man. <laughs> but I love it too, because it's like, well, my brain's still working, I guess. So, right. you know, one day, one yeah. day. We will get there. My goal now is to be like, do you see what I could do with no time? Imagine <laughs> if. Imagine if I had time. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if I was just making so much money that all I had to think about was like the, the National Shock. Wrestling Alliance. Right. <laughs> you know, or <laughs> Cinema Shock. Or, oh, know. yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's the that's the thing is uh, somebody was I was talking with somebody. I forget uh, who and in what venue, but I was describing you know computer resume podcast and everything i've got going on with that and they're like oh that's great and i was just like and then my other show and they're like wait what and i was like oh yeah i'm the uh i'm co-host and now just accepted the role of voice director for cinema shock as genre film genre film history podcast and they're like oh wow that's incredible and then i was like oh and then, then there's the there's this other show where i'm a featured regular <laughs> they're like 
wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what is your life? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I have to carve out the time, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, dude. So let me ask you this. And then I promise folks, we will get back to star Trek. We really we'll will. See. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me ask you, honestly, do you miss the regular nine to five with no, with no show, with no nothing? Do you miss that at all? Oh no, no, no. never. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. I, I, I would, I would rather it be like this than anything because it gets my, honestly, this all helped my nine to five. This, mm. this, uh, this gave me a direction because I was the kind of person that was showing up to work to just, uh, just do the job and go home. And then I also like kind of for a little while took pride in that. Then I'm like, well, this ain't where I'm going to be forever. This ain't my whole thing. And, right. um, you know, like I don't, I just want to think about this from this hour to this hour and then move on. And then, but it was all, a lot of that was also, I've realized because I didn't, I mean, you know, I would have bosses that be like, okay, you're doing a good job, but like, you're not like, what do you want to do? Like, where do you want to go? Yeah. And I try to think about the job and be like, well, nowhere here. Like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) like nothing here is something I want to do. Right. But my wife, actually, to give her credit for this, and I don't even know if I've ever even told her this, but like one of the things that she's done that she's amazing at is she's also carved her own path um, just because she was a nurse and uh, was doing nurse stuff, but then started getting educated on this whole other division of things that goes into the medical field. And then it's an up and coming thing. And she's like, she's basically in a position now she's created her own department. Like she has her own people that work for her. Like she, um, and so like, it was a thing that didn't exist for this huge company that now is encompassing multi-states that like other people have bought in because this company already had this department that, didn't exist before she decided like we're going to need this eventually and um anyway my point is is that 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 let me go into my normal nine to five that was one job and take things that i've learned from like the nwa and say like you know what we should do is we could have this and this and one thing we could do is that you know and just implement these different things and honestly that's become like the regular nine to five job uh, they've kind of just handed me the keys to be like, all right, just start doing those things here too. And so that's nice. more fun and something I already like doing. It's that process. And so, uh, no, I, I God, knock on wood. I cannot complain. Like yeah. it's, I, it's been great. I'll be honest. I wrote, I wrote my first comic book script on the clock. I had some downtime and over a period of days, weeks, um, was able to scrape together enough downtime to put together my first script. And then this show, um, again, the organization, the script writing, I did it on the clock. A lot of times, you know, during my lunch break or, hey, the phone's not ringing and I don't have anything in my inbox. Let's crank out a script. So with these two episodes of Enterprise, um, you know, to shift topics, uh, uh, sharply here, uh, back to our main subject, the reason, oh, yeah, why, Star Trek, the, the, re- the, the reason why we're here face <laughs> final frontier at all. Yeah. Um, I have faith of the heart is yeah. what we're talking about. You got to have faith of the heart. Folks. Hey, you know what? It's good to hear <laughs> that finally on episode 81, you actually do have faith of the heart, Gary. I'm very, I'm very happy that it has grown. It was that start time. transition. I noticed like going into like season three, I feel like they like, right. really amped up that song. Like, yeah. they just got <laughs> like a faster strumming pattern. And like, it just, it, this, the song shifted a little. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They picked up the tempo, a little drums. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. And also finding out Rod Stewart thought enough of it to also have his own cover of it on patch Adams. Apparently. Yes. I, you know what? I normally don't put stuff out there like this, but I reached out to Russell Watson who actually say, who actually sang the theme song for enterprise and said, Hey, if you'd like to come on the show and explain awesome. yourself. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I just said, I said, if you want to come on and, you know, talk about your career and everything. Uh, but I, so I did, I put the invite out there. Um, 
I haven't heard anything back. I'll be honest. I'm not holding my breath for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's just, you know, if he, if you're listening, Russell, it's not, it's not you. It's, it's me. No, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just that it's, it's, it's so infamous because it's just not the ordinary Star Trek theme. Yeah. Like, I imagine he got, I imagine he got a note from a producer or from an assistant or so. Oh, Hey, they want you to sing this particular song for a thing. What is it? Uh, some space show or whatever. And he was probably like, all right, sounds, sounds cool. Whatever. Yeah. It's not that he's <laughs> bad or anything. It's just no. like, I don't know. Even on discovery right now, they obviously realize they're like, Oh, we need like an orchestral, like epic theme. And right. it's just like, Oh, you went with the rock song, faith of the heart, you know, <laughs> And so it's just it's just odd yeah it is so with with these episodes we see uh, a big jump to a very uh particular subject matter and it's the idea of the human alien hybrid uh that's kind of that kind of take i mean there's a lot going on in these two episodes but that's kind of the focal point is this particular thing and i think it boils down to that xenophobia uh and the racism uh in terms of the franchise in terms of this narrative a lot of things stemming from the attack by the zindi uh, which of course parallels uh the what was happening in our real world 911 and all that so there was a lot of there was a lot of racial tension post 911 and i think they're kind of talking about that sort of thing here and it kind of ended up going a lot further than the french our our world our, you know the dealings in our world ended up going much further than it did in star trek enterprise with um and I'll stay, I'll stay fairly uh, vague here, but uh, you know, certain officials feel a certain way about certain groups of people that may or may not be correct. Uh, a lot of people seem to be disagreeing about some fairly simple issues. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, you, you know what? I'm going to retract. I, you know, screw that. It's my show. I can say whatever I want. Mm. You elect if you elect racists, <laughs> they're going to yeah. promote racism. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's and that's that that's the thing like it, you know it's a silly there i think there's been a few times in my act on you know my stand up act where i've actually touched on the issues of race and there's been a question of like how are you comfortable doing racist material it's like honestly i'm not talking about racism i'm talking about how stupid racism is <laughs> if you listen to what i'm saying uh yeah. you know and and things like that and i just this is kind of I I, th I think these episodes are very important because we're seeing a lot of this a lot of this hate reflected in our world today. And I mean this this came out 2004 2005, and here we are 2022, about to hit 2023, and we don't have flying cars, and we're still racist. Like, wh what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think we got to find aliens to hate. Yeah, yeah, we need to find deal. that common enemy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a. I, I've said that for forever, and I don't even think I'm the first person probably to think of that. But it was just always like, oh, you know what the Earth needs is just like we need, you know, the uh, the aliens to show up so we could all be like, all right, well, at least we're all human. <laughs> them. Oh, sorry, I don't. I don't even remember <laughs> if I'm supposed to curse on this, but uh, <laughs> the. Uh, but uh, that, yeah, I mean. And not like aliens from like across the border, like aliens from outer space. And then yeah. you could, you know. Well, and the, Alan Moore knew it when he wrote Watchmen. That was, you know, spoilers for, uh, you know, 30, 40 year old comic book. <laughs> but like that was kind of the end. That was kind of the end games. Like, oh, yeah, that's if true. We're, yeah. If we're going to start, if we're going to stop things from if we're going to stop this world from imploding, we need we need an alternate. We need an alternate villain. We need somebody to step up and make that hard decision and pin all this stuff on this make-believe alien race so that we can all band together. And the sad, tragic, uh, infuriating part is it worked. It worked. Oh, and yeah. Well, you just need, you need everybody to be able to have something uh, communal that you could... It almost felt like, I don't know, I, I remember when... I mean, this was went totally 
wrong, but I'm saying like, at least for, you know, even our own country so divided, but like mm-hmm. at nine 11 time, it was like, okay, well, we all hate terrorism. Unfortunately, it really leaned on uh, Islamic terror terrorism. And so, you know, it started to lean a little bit more on one half of that, that term, yeah, than, you know, yeah. that, that where it should have been focused, but it, it was, Oh yeah. Uh, it, it just, you know, you, it sucks. It's like, you can't just, love like you gotta have something to hate to like right make and, it all and, <laughs> and who better to discuss this than two white guys right yeah uh, two white guys with beards <laughs> with opinions <It's> like, <laughs> no other podcast does that now so. yeah exactly well i will say and and we'll again we're, we're starting to stray we're beginning to stray a little bit from star trek and we will get back to that i promise but hassan minaj has a great um i love that guy yeah he's amazing uh really great writer great performer he's got a a section of, I believe it's Homecoming King, where he talks about people just after 9-11 calling his house and threatening him and and like, tell us where they are. Tell us where all the, um, you know, tell us where all the terrorists are. I'm, I'm sure they used more colorful language. But um, yeah, it, it's one of those things where uh, in addition to, in it, and this is the other thing that really gets to me is along with this hate, there's also a lot of hypocrisy. That comes along with it, especially when the people who are doing uh, the majority of the hate filled speech and or activities are using a religious figure to justify it Mm -hmm. when that religious figure, I mean, literally preached love and tolerance (laughs) and helping your fellow man and and all of these. I was like, whoa, you completely missed the boat. Like, yeah. How did I, you go? How did you go so far away? <laughs> I think I think a lot of and, and to be fair to a lot of people of like, uh, you know, like Christianity or e- even Islam, you know, a lot of those people are going to be like there are extremist versions of this religion that sure. are doing this thing. It's not yeah the majority. And no, you're right. I mean, it, it's it's I, I think literally the other day. Uh, well, because as we're recording, this is September. So I think it was around September 11th. I was reading about, you know we love to focus on the unity that happened around New York around the time and all of that. And and that is special. And there were brave people involved and, and, but there's an ugly side to it too. Like not, not the least of which is, you know, this is, again, we could go off on a tangent here, but uh, John Stewart ha- having to petition freaking government for forever to just get benefits for the firefighters that were yeah. involved in it. You know, yeah. uh, that's ugly that that even has to be a discussion, but also, I, I think I, I was reading about how like the first person who died after 9-11 in, in the U.S. or was murdered in the U.S. was like uh, a, a Muslim man who was murdered by people assuming he was a terrorist or yeah. like threatening him as a terrorist and saying he wouldn't know. You know, the thing that Hassan was talking about, yeah. uh, basically, this guy died because of it. Like they they killed him because yeah. they were like, you're one of these guys. And right. it's it's just effed up, man. Yeah. And uh, I always think back to because that was the other thing in terms of pop culture, which, you know, we're talking about pop culture with Star Trek. But in terms of pop culture around that same time is when Marvel relaunched Captain America. I I remember especially the uh, the black issue of Spider-Man where Spider-Man is looking at Steve Rogers, who's who's just kind of taking it all in in a in a moment there. Ground Zero. And Spider-Man says, I can't imagine what this is like for him. He's had to see this twice. And, uh, you know, it, you know, going back to what you said, Gary, yeah, there was a lot of unity around that time, but there was an ugly side too. And it goes back to world war two. A lot of people like to think Superman, Captain America, punching out Adolf Hitler and stuff like that. Well, listen, that black issue of Marv or spider, it had like, uh, Dr. Doom, who yeah. I feel like would launch a terrorist attack. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anybody would. So it's a little weird for an issue. It's an important thing because when you see, you know, what was happening, what was happening in World War II, a lot of people remember Cap punching out Hitler. They they forget about the internment camps. Like we didn't come out so squeaky, so squeaky clean either. Mm -mm. (laughs) And and Nick Fury addressed that in Captain America Winter Soldier talking about, I don't know, I read those SSR files. You guys did some nasty stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Well, but that's a, it's a good, yeah. I mean, it's really easy to not take the bigger lesson uh, mm-hmm. 
which is what Star Trek, I feel like, was supposed to always be about. Uh, yeah. The hope of us all getting it together, because a lot of times, even in the aftermath of these big, huge, ugly events, we it's easy to just try to find something to blame besides looking at ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, there's a there's a again, not to drag this on, but there's a guy I listen to a lot of mm-hmm. a streamer. His name is Hassan Piker, mm-hmm. and uh, he got in a lot of crap because he he did say something along the lines of like, we had this coming like around nine 11 or something. Ooh. And uh, yeah. yeah. And so he got canceled for a minute <laughs> and uh, you know, as canceled as he, you know, people can be these days and, uh, and he's still around and doing stuff. And, you know, he kind of, even when he talks about it, does a little cringe, you know, <laughs> like, but uh, it's, but his point at the time, I think was that he was just like, we're not seeing what we're doing in places and how we're treating other people and that, you know, everybody likes to pretend like nine 11 was this attack on us that every, we all came together and we were like a bunch of heavenly angels fighting against the devil. And, you know, he's like, but we weren't all perfect at that time either. Even in nine 11, like we murdered a Muslim man and, you know, like there was, have you seen, have you seen the photos from Guantanamo Bay? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we didn't come out of that squeaky clean. No. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. So. It's with with this particular narrative, you've got, you know, the idea of uh, infinite diversity and infinite combinations uh, really taking center stage with the romance between Trip and T'Pol and, you know, the things that come about because of that. And then you've got it all kind of boils down to this one figure whose hate and hypocrisy end up boiling over and him taking a position of leadership, which he really shouldn't have <laughs> and ending and ending up using our defenses as a platform to hold people hostage. And it's absolutely wild to look at these two episodes and see where it came from at that point in time and how it manifested itself in our reality again, not that long ago. But before we get into too much more detail Let's get to this week's recap, brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters, Rev J, Jerry Antimano, Cosmic Crit, and Kitty B. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Terror spreads over the earth. We must reject the impure and cast it out! I am returning Earth to human beings. And the greatest threat of all. Revolting human hybrid. The offspring of Commander Tucker and Commander DePaul. Is a little child. They're going to kill her. Robocop's Peter Weller guest stars. They look so innocent. Star Trek Enterprise. Enterprise returns to Earth in order to attend the formation of a coalition of planets. Nathan Samuels, a United Earth Government minister, gives a speech, but he fails to mention the contribution the Enterprise and her crew made to get the aliens to work collaboratively. A woman, later identified as Susan Corey, staggers over to T'Pol and produces a vial containing a hair follicle before collapsing and dying from a phaser wound. Back on Enterprise, Doc Flox examines the hair's DNA learning that it is from the offspring of T'Pucker, but T'Pol denies ever being pregnant. Archer meets with Samuels, who's concerned that news of the child will stir xenophobic sentiment. Reed is ordered by Archer to make use of his Section 31 connection for information. He's informed that Corey was a member of Terra Prime, an anti-alien movement. Meanwhile, in the Terra Prime HQ on... Robocop and Dr. Mercer discuss the child. After Mercer leaves, Robocop sends for Daniel Greaves and tells him to deal with Mercer. On Earth, Archer tells Samuels that he knows that the minister was a former member of Terra Prime and convinces him to provide a case file on Corey. Meanwhile, Travis gives his reporter ex-girlfriend, Gannett Brooks, a tour of the ship. Yeah, right. On... RoboCop watches footage of Colonel Philip Green. That'll come back at the end of TOS, I promise. Greaves enters and updates RoboCop on the status of the child, and RoboCop injects himself in the neck with an unknown substance. Three darts is too much! 
Flox then reports that Curry's body contained traces of a substance used in a zero-gravity mining facility. To Pucker, volunteer for an away mission to... Barely disguised as miners, they are quickly detained after Booty Call Brooks apparently leaks details of the mission. Robocop reveals that the entire complex is a warp-capable ship and warps it to Mars, where it takes control of the Verdon Array, a big laser cannon which normally protects Earth from comets. Ooh, that's interesting! He uses the array to fire a warning shot and issues an ultimatum. All non-humans must leave Earth immediately. And then... remain captives of RoboCop, who continues to broadcast his demand on all channels and frequencies. RoboCop's actions have an unsettling effect on the Interspecies Conference, but it's clear that not all humans support it. Sucks! On Mars, RoboCop allows Tapucker to see the baby, and T'Pol uses her scanner to learn that the child is unwell, and that RoboCop's been using Rigelian gene therapy to treat himself. Great! Seeking to fine-tune their attack, RoboCop then threatens to Paul in order to force Trip to optimize the targeting system of the array. Enterprise is then ordered to get your ass to Moss to destroy the array, but is turned away when a warning shot from the weapon damages the ship. Brooks, now in the brig, reveals to Travis that she's Starfleet intelligence and that Terra Prime probably has an operative aboard Enterprise. Great. Under the urging of Minister Samuels, the crew conceive a way to approach the deadly station undetected, using a space bus hidden inside the tail of a comet. Archer elects to lead the away mission, along with Reed, Phlox, and Travis. On the way there, the shuttle's system suddenly fail, nearly causing it to crash. Whoa, that was close. <laughs> Landing on Mars, the team infiltrates Robocop's ship. Teaming up with Tucker, who escaped his cell, they battle the Terra Prime followers in the control room. During the shootout, RoboCop manages to lock the firing sequence. Fortunately, Tucker altered its targeting system, and the beam misses. With RoboCop under arrest, the hybrid child, named Elizabeth after Tucker's sister, is brought to Phlox, who unfortunately can't do anything to save her. Investigations also reveal that Ensign Massaro was the spy, and he dies by his own hand. Yeah? Good! Back at Starfleet, Archer makes an impassioned speech to convince the delegates to explore the universe's mysteries together. I don't care! Hey folks, just wanted to take a second to let you know we here at Computer Resume Podcast are currently raising money for a family in need. This is a family Kat and I know personally, and they really need as much help as we can all give. We'll be having a benefit comedy show if you're in the Greenville, South Carolina area, at Radio Room on December 6th. But in the meantime, please click the link in our bio on Instagram or Twitter and hit that top link for more details. Thanks, everyone. Now, back to the show. 
So here we see, uh, first of all, we get some really great performances from uh, not only our main cast, but we've got a whole slew of really great character actors and a few A-listers as well. Um, what did you think of these episodes initially, just off the bat? Oh, it blew my mind. Um, it was uh, especially a big jump. Uh, it's what made me go back because for some reason, jumping from like season two to this <laughs> this episode or or to demons yeah i was like wait a minute a lot's changed i gotta i gotta go back a little bit so so i was like it looks better it feels better so Mm -hmm. and i I really think it hits it starts to hit its groove in season three is is it really i don't know based on what i could tell enterprise really locked it in around then and uh no this 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 episode was just i mean it just filled itself up with with uh, lots of good people and you know you mentioned uh obviously robocop and uh there there's that guy with the eyebrows uh yeah (laughs) Yeah. who's uh who's in like uh (laughs) some david lynch stuff i think oh yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) he's all over the place but uh he uh anyway there there's just it's it's quality stuff It, it, it these two episodes felt like a legit you know, like at least like they could be plotted to be a Star Trek movie, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, they really could. I, you know, that's one of the things that I think is um, additionally disappointing in that Enterprise didn't get a fifth season, but there were definitely um, at least a handful of theatrical edits of two and three part series that someone, I, I probably CBS or Paramount, just went and cut them together like one big movie and put it out DVD. I've got Blu-rays of a few of those and, and they, and they're amazing to watch as a whole and looking at some of the stuff in the later season, especially season four of enterprise, you really see, Oh man, this would have made such a cool movie. This would have been really, really awesome to watch a theatrical cut. Um, You know, I think of uh, the three episodes where Brent Spiner guest starred yeah that was like Uh, a good little arc there yeah yeah and it's interesting uh shifting gears here it's interesting to see like you mentioned the difference between season one and two and if you happen to skip season three altogether it is a big big shift because let's just look at archer archer is in season one and two is very cowboy is super American. Like when I've spoken with uh, anybody who's lived overseas, especially uh, the good folks at the red shirts podcast, which is, which is based in the UK. They're like, Archer is super American. Like this feels more American than the entire rest of the franchise. I was like, yeah, yeah, it really does. But with the events of season three, having made Archer face a lot of, things that maybe he wasn't ready for or things that he definitely should have been ready for to be a captain. Now in season four, we're seeing him a little more cautious and we're seeing him understanding just how important diplomacy is. He's not taking Porthos down to the surface of any of these planets to pee on a tree anymore. (laughs) Uh, He's like, they could very well kill us. That might happen. (laughs) But yeah, this is this has really been some fantastic, uh, some fantastic turns in terms of storytelling. I mentioned it towards the top of the show. Not only great storytelling, but storytelling that connects these episodes, but the franchises, uh, but this series to the rest of the franchise. And, uh, you know, a a a lot of people like to bash Berman and Braga, and I understand that. But if you're going to bash Berman and Braga, you also need to praise Manny Cotto. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough because, I mean, even off, uh, like, I, I feel like one of the things I noticed in this this part of the series, too, is just getting, like, a little more out of the characters than you normally got. Um, and it's been, like, slowly happening, but hey, this is another reason I think, like, 26 episodes on a, on a season is a lot. Like, I think you feel like you got to stretch out a lot of story. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of my favorite shows have been that way that I wish they could have like, like I love the show supernatural and I'm like, man, if you could have shortened like 20 something episodes to like 14, maybe, yeah. you yeah. know, like <laughs> maybe you could have had all these great character moments. Like it just made like a badass 
every season. Um, yeah. But because I felt like, you know, you, well, I, I was trying to think of other examples, but I'll just jump to my favorite one, who is Hoshi. Uh, like, of course. I, I love her. and But she hasn't done much. Like, she's, you know, I, I appreciate her. I've, I I think she's beautiful, and, and I love her character. Uh, but in, like, this this arc, you get her as, like, the freaking, you know, captain of the ship for a little while. Yeah. Like, she's had to step up from where she was, you uh-huh. know, and the like, season one, where she's, like, afraid to go on an away mission, you know, like, to, like, now she's the captain, like, she's, and she's standing up to authority, and she's, she's doing something, and it's like, wow, well, it only took, you know, 80-something episodes to get here, and it's like, <laughs> And that's nice, you know. I'm glad. And Trip has an emotional side, and like, there's, yeah. there's, I don't know. There's just a lot of a lot of good, like uh, Jolene Blaylock getting to, you know, introduce a little of those nuances in a Vulcan. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just a lot. Uh, Mayweather, like Travis, he's 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 good. He's my and, guy. Like, he's yeah. he's stepping up. Yeah. You know, and like, and I know they've had these like little sparks of it, but it was like, I don't know. When you get to these episodes. It's like, oh, this is a crew nobody should f with. Yeah. Like, this is a this is a fully formed, like, good, solid crew. And it's like, oh, this is also the end of their time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, come on, because <laughs> it was it was not long before this that they got. I I think it was actually mid season they got the announcement of that they were not going to be picked up for for any more after season four. And I can't imagine having to go to work knowing. Oh, this is this is ending in this is ending in a few months. You know, I, I imagine it might have been. I imagine it was probably one of two ways. It's either okay, we phone it in. All right, I'm collecting the check. Let's start. Let's start going on some some auditions, or you start swinging for the fences on everything that comes your way, and it's just like I'm going to make them regret canceling us. You know, or you know, shutting this show down. And uh, to be honest, I think we're getting a lot of the latter. I think we're getting a lot of this, you know what, let's make them sorry. Let's make them real sorry that they made this call. And uh, gosh, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, it's like all these people that have seemed insecure. I didn't even mention. I mean, I could literally say, I feel like I could say this about every single member, like uh, Malcolm, like he he's his own dude. Like he's got his own thing going on with section 31 or whatever. And and he's, and he's a badass. Like Mm -hmm. he's, he's, Standing up to them, even you know, like sure, and about don't forget, what he believes in. Yeah, and don't forget, like when when the ship took off, it was just scientists. Yeah, you had Reed who was over tactical, and he had a couple guys working for him, but they were like, okay, we've got a phaser that's attached to the ship, and we've got some torpedoes that we'll probably use to blow up some asteroids that are in our way or something like that. Uh, it wasn't until season three that they brought on the Makos. And finally, and I even pointed this out to my wife. I was like, now we have red shirts. These are, these are the, these are the folks that go in with guns drawn. This is the security team. We finally have them in the form of these Mako officers and they're, they're some tough hombres and Reed stands toe to toe with every single one of them. And it's kind of like, oh yeah, he's a scientist for sure. And a tactician. But like, don't mess with him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it gets to that point again where, like, well, way at the beginning of this thing, yeah. where I was talking about, you know, you want to have your captain of the ship that has a working knowledge of most of the stuff, but can depend on at any point. If I need Hoshi to take over uh, command, yeah. Hoshi could take over command. If Reed needs to lead an away party, like Reed's the guy to do it. And yeah. like, it's uh, it's just like all these people on their own are badasses yeah and that's what you have to be on the enterprise yeah and it's you know and i'll even uh you know i've gone on record as saying travis is my guy and i hold to that but like you said hoshi she came on to this ship as the linguist but she got training with reed and she knows how to handle a phaser she got taken captive and she's learned the art of diplomacy by aliens that wanted to just keep her like Like, yeah. So for her to take the captain's seat, I would have loved to see like fast forward a few years and Hoshi's Hoshi's got her own command. That would have been so cool. That would have been just so cool. Uh, But yeah. And, you know, seeing that softer side of trip, you know, 
especially their season one, season two. He's very brash. And uh, but you know what? Uh, T'Pol got under his skin. And uh, yeah, he's a, he's a different man now than he was in season one and two. And man, you this... know, uh, you know where Hoshi dies, right? Did you see that? Uh, I looked that up. Did you? I, I was just curious. I, I don't remember why I stumbled across it, but on Taurus four, mm-hmm. which you, you briefly mentioned this in the recap, but that green uh, commander green that's going to show up in the original series. Yeah. He ends up because there's like a, a I, mean, I don't want to, yeah, spoiler alert, I guess, but he, <laughs> there's a bacteria like, or something that affects like the food supply for this area. Yeah. And he ends up ordering the death of like a bunch of people. Uh, thousands of people Hoshi yeah. and her husband are two of those people supposedly according to something that shows up in uh probably memory beta yeah probably, so, probably well, shows up in a novel or it's, something. it's all to yeah I was gonna say I think it said it flashes on a screen in a show like they're like it, it's like on screen or something and it says oh, like wow. parent you know ordered death in Taurus four or something like that I don't you have to look it up but it's it's something like that I was like oh that's wicked but she's like she would have been like, I think in the year they said it happened, she'd be like a hundred and something. So she's old. Yeah. Well, she's I mean, lady, but yet uh, you had a bunch of folks who who got up there in age. I actually uh, one of the things I mentioned, I had to go to court earlier this week and they don't allow cell phones in the courthouse, which is why some of my social media posts are late or non-existent this week. <laughs> but one of the things I did take with me was the novelization of Relics. Uh, the TNG episode where uh, they find Scotty trapped in a transport buffer after 75 years. And that novelization is really interesting to see like, oh, he's now 140 something. And then, you know, uh, encounter at Farpoint before they leave Doc, Data is walking down one of the corridors with Bones McCoy, Admiral Bones McCoy. And he's He's an old, he was an old man to begin with. And now he's really old, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, you know, that was kind of one of the things, uh, you know, looking forward to the future is medical technology. Maybe we'll live a little bit longer. I mean, it wasn't that long ago where I, as a 38 year old would have been considered ancient in probably the eight, uh, maybe not the 1800s, but maybe the 17 or 1600s. Uh, yeah. Yeah, people died early, so maybe we're getting that part right. I don't know. <laughs> According to Memory Alpha, it says Sato had died by 2268 in Enterprise in a mirror darkly. So apparently, maybe maybe that's why I saw it. Maybe it was in that mirror uh, universe thing. They end up like pulling up people's records or something. And anyway, yeah. Interesting. Uh, but the original series episode, the uh, Tholian Web. Tholian Web, yeah. Yeah um that incident like hoshi would have been there for that uh, you know like basically wow. when they anyway this was an interesting yeah stupid fun fact no well you know looking at some of these things it uh you know star trek is definitely it's been well documented that it is a spark of inspiration for a lot of people in terms of uh you know technology and uh, space exploration and a lot of different fields but also creatively in terms of writing and the process of bringing a show like this to life. Gary, do you have anything other than more Hoshi? Uh, I, I did talk about 